Welcome to the Breaking Through in Cybersecurity Marketing podcast, where we explore the hottest topics in cyber marketing, interview experts, and help you become a better cybersecurity marketer. We're going to do this episode in French. <laughs> Bonjour tout le monde. <laughs> Comment ça va? Hello, dear listener, and welcome to another episode of Breaking Through in Cybersecurity Marketing, which will be conducted fully in French. Bonjour. I'm one, <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, Gianna Whitford, here with my fabulous co-host, Maria Velasquez. And today we have an amazing guest on from the security side of the house. We have Christophe Foulon, and I hope I pronounced Bonjour, the last name right. Yes. Bonjour, Foulon. <laughs> <laughs> he is a cybersecurity manager at a Fortune 10 fintech company, and he's the founder of CPF Coaching. Christophe, tell us a little bit, before we get into our topic today, tell us a little bit about CPF Coaching what is that? CPF coaching came out of a product of the pandemic where you started to find a lot of cybersecurity individuals that have moved from the office working remotely and you're struggling with communication, collaboration, and influence in trying to drive their projects. So my goal was to try to develop the leaders of tomorrow by helping them improve in those areas. It is a lifestyle business, so it's not my full-time role. I take one or two folks at a time and kind of drive the maximum impact in their career. Nice, very nice. And I like that since you have this experience of doing CPF coaching, and you're also quite a bit of a thought leader, I would say, in a nice way, because I guess we're thought leaders too. Maybe it's a thought leader club. Okay, whatever. Anyway, I would also say because you're a bit, Maria's laughing, of a thought leader, you have some experience both in cyber but also on the marketing side of the house because you have to use marketing. So you have some experience in both cyber and on the marketing side of the house because you have to market yourself, your uh, CPF coaching, and you also probably market things internally at your day job too. Yes, that's correct. As a security consultant, oftentimes you have to show the client the benefit of having security within their product role or prioritizing the security fixes over the product fixes that you're looking to do. And you have to do so by explaining the risk that you're taking on by potentially not patching those vulnerabilities or being slow on the implementation of those types of products. So it's really an influence of sharing why security is valuable, but also what security can do to enable the business. So that's actually really cool because I think you sit at a really unique position within the security team, you can speak the technical speak, but then you can also turn around and explain to leadership and the board, what are those benefits of investing more in security and what it could actually mean from a business perspective? Absolutely. And I think that's where my whole career has been, has been that connection between 
people and the technical side. The joke I make with the engineers is that while I can create a JSON script to set up infrastructure, they probably don't want their infrastructure running on my JSON script. On the other side, <laughs> I can work with business leaders to understand what they're trying to drive and communicate those results back to the engineers. So back to your the, the coaching that you do that stemmed from the pandemic, who did you usually present those services to? Who, who, who needed it the most within a security team, if you will? Well, I've been coaching and leading all throughout my career. Even when I was a help desk analyst, a lot of people would come to me and ask for me career advice as to what they needed to do to advance in their career. And rather than giving the generic advice like, oh, get a security plus, I'd say, okay, let's step back. Let's figure out what you really want to do in the self-discovery phase and then how we can apply that to security. Because there's so many different verticals within security and technology that there's not just one path. So you sit down, you figure out what really motivates you, what really drives you, and then let's attach that to potential security roles or potential problems within security, because that allows you to span across different industries, uh, different lines of business, and be able to support them and enable them with cybersecurity and technology, just versus taking a hammer and going, you must put this firewall in to help you. Love that. You also have a podcast, Christoph, and it has an eerily similar name to ours. <laughs> Not eerily. You run the Breaking into Cybersecurity podcast. So that's like another level of marketing and marketer that you are as well. What's it like running a podcast? What sort of tips do you have for maybe other security folks who want to start their own podcast? My podcast is called Breaking into Cybersecurity, and it started from my own challenges of breaking into cybersecurity and changing the point of view of individuals that you had to come from a security background in order to be in security. And after I broke through, I wanted to share that example that you don't have to be from a purely security background in order to be successful in security. And I'd bring on guests that have broken in within the past five years so that they have relevant experience that they can share the tips and tricks of their own journey, as well as provide representation for others. So we have a diverse group of guests and recently added guests from Africa. We also expanded to a leadership series where we're interviewing leaders where they share their tips and tricks for developing the next generation of leaders. So I love the podcast because it really provides that ability to pick advice and tips and tricks from many people and do what works for you. And over the years, I've authored two books. One was Develop Your Cybersecurity Career Path with Renee Small and Gary Hayslip. And then the second one was Hack Your Cybersecurity Interview with Ken Underhill and Tia Hopkins. Very familiar names to us uh, within the security community. That's, that's amazing. We'll link to those two books if you have them on, 
on Amazon for, for folks to check them out. Absolutely. With so much buzz in cybersecurity, we know how important it is to cut through the noise. Take it from our friends at Hacker Valley Media. With over 50,000 listeners from all over the world, they have mastered the art of standing out among the crowd. Boost your company's message by partnering with them on podcast sponsorships, live podcasts, and events. Check them out at HackerValley.com and tell them Maria and Gianna sent you. Again, that's HackerValley.com. So you were saying that there's a lot of career paths into being a cybersecurity practitioner or working in cybersecurity. And on our call right before this episode, you were talking about how marketers are actually equipped with the skills already to get into cybersecurity. And, you know, we don't want to siphon any of our listeners here away from the marketing side of the house, which is totally not stressful and totally fun all the time. (laughs) Uh, Well, we don't want to siphon any of you away over to the cyber side, which is also totally not stressful and totally fun (laughs) all the time. Christoph, can you explain a little bit about how marketers already have the skills needed to sort of break into cybersecurity on the technical side or start breaking in? Absolutely. So first I'll start with the NIST NICE work development framework that lists over 50 different types of cybersecurity roles. And they break down all the different roles into knowledge, skills, and abilities. As a marketing individual, you have several of the skills and competencies needed to be successful within cybersecurity. So I would recommend if you're interested you look at how your communication skills, your collaboration skills, your influence skills, as well as your knowledge of the industry, how that can guide, advise, and even help the business solve solutions in a different way than those that might have come up from a purely technical standpoint. So similar to me, you end up in that consultative type role, and that could be a way that you can come into the industry. What's your favorite part of being a consultant? We don't get to talk to too many consultants, and I don't know very many consultants. So what does a workday look like for you? Are you like on calls with clients? Like, How does it work at the F10 bank? Well, I would say, yes, I am on calls with clients, but they're internal clients. Today, as a consultant, I work with different lines of business within a large credit card division, and they're each looking to deliver solutions for their different types of clients, their end clients. So what we're doing is we're helping them deliver those solutions, as well as ensure that their infrastructure is there available protecting the client information, and that only the people that need to access that data access that data. Makes a lot of sense. And so what's next for you in five years? Will you fully join the dark side of marketing (laughs) or will you stay on your darker side of security? I think I'll continue to do both, but my next vision is really leading a security program for a mid to large size organization where I can help influence the development of a great cybersecurity pipeline 
where I can help implement plan growth, both for the technical individuals as well as the people manager. I think that's one of the challenges today is everyone thinks that you have to be a people manager by the time you get the manager title, but that's not necessarily true. There's now the ability to become purely technical up to the director or VP level of larger companies where you do not have to manage people. And that allows you to focus on your passion of technology. And then there's others that understand the technology, but also know how to manage and motivate people. And they can then lead those director and VP roles with people underneath them. There you go. There is our crash course into persona building for our ideal customer profile here on the marketing side. (laughs) This is why I think this industry keeps us on our toes from the marketing perspective, because it has a lot of nuances and it depends. Depends on the company size, depends. Security could be IT, IT could be separate from security. (laughs) This leader could have technical knowledge or it can be just a, a business type security uh, leader. And then, so the messaging is different. What advice do you have for us to (laughs) navigate these crazy waters when it comes to audience and just creating the relevant content for them? Well, I would say similar to marketing, being a candidate really has that same approach. You have to envision who you're talking to, who you're presenting your skills to, and how you can help solve their problem. You won't be able to solve everyone's problem. And if you go down that route, you're not going to be successful. So figure out what problems you really solve, how you solve those problems, how you might be more effective or different than your competition. You don't have to bash them. And then work with the leaders that you're working with to see where they might be in their program and how your solution can help enable their program. That does require value building and showing them how your product adds value in addition to solving the specific problem, the core problem of your security product. I think too many people look at security products and see, oh, they have 10 features. What are they going to be used for? You have to figure out what that core feature of that product is, and then everything else is a value add on top. You can't really solve your problem with features. You have to solve your problem with the core function of that product. Very true. Before we get into our game, which is a fun part of the show, and we're excited for this one. And I'm excited because I know that you are French. So I'm going to weave that into my answer. Um, <laughs> He's from Belgium. He's from oh, Belgium. Yeah. Oh, I don't speak French. So I could not tell when <laughs> you were talking about where you were from. You mean you didn't understand when you said, Je suis de la Belgique? No. I don't know what a Belgique <laughs> is. Sounds delicious, though. So before we go into our game, I think we have one last question that I, is always burning on the ears of cybersecurity marketers. They want to hear this answer from the people that are working in cyber. So I think you're a really great candidate also to answer this question, Christoph, because you are very active and prominent on LinkedIn. So I'm, I assume you get a lot of messages. How can marketers and salespeople 
reach out or do better marketing of their products, especially on social media. Just like candidates who might be reaching out to a hiring manager, there's a lot of similarities here. You want to communicate the value that your product brings, engage the community in conversation, and really show them how you can be a trusted advisor and a partner to them before trying to sell your solution. Because you have to understand the ecosystem in which your product lives and where your roadmap is going to be able to explain to them, hey, I know right now we might not have the feature that you're looking for, but because we're an early stage company, we could work with you, we could help customize the outcome and then really help slingshot or propel the product that you're looking to buy with us. I really love that you align that to, because you know a lot of your expertise is in careers, I love that you align that to careers, right? Instead of saying, unless they're hiring, of course, but you know, instead of saying, Hey, just give me a job. I want a job. Give me a job. Give me, you know, give it to me. You say instead, like, Hey, I'm involved in the community. Like I know people let's get to know each other. I can be helpful. Let me provide value first. Let me show off that I am a good candidate. And in the case of a product, like, you know, I at least know my product and I know what's going on in the ecosystem of cyber, because it is a big ecosystem. So that's great advice. Thank you, Christoph. Let's take a, a specific product, for example. Say you are a DFIR product. You would show how your product would be used in incident response, in finding the forensics. And then on the opposite side, as a candidate, you could go and say, here's a write-up of a incident that I wrote up Here's the analysis that I did. Here's how I dove into the malware. And these are the mitigations that you can now put in place in order to prevent that in the future. Amazing. Great point. All right. Is it time for our game, Maria? I think so. Okay. This will be fun. Christoph, you have so many, like, you do so many things. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? And I've been losing, I like, yeah. every episode. Yeah. <laughs> so- it's been bad. <laughs> year, two, year two of podcasting for you hasn't been yeah no it hasn't and people it's been so bad for those of you listening on audio people have been making like these faces at me and i know that i'm doing very poorly when the guest makes like a disgusted looking face <laughs> <laughs> all right so go first maria <laughs> oh gosh so you want me to go first um mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm getting this international vibe from you, obviously, because, you know, when we first started the episode, we were talking about how your family is originally from Belgium. You're multilingual. You could be doing something in like public policy. I could see you not necessarily in security, but public policy. Oh, hand raised. Hand raised by Christoph. Christoph, what is it? Oh, you, you could ask. ask the oh, wait. That's right. Okay, wait. So we have to explain what the game is. We need to explain what the game is. <laughs> We're so excited. <laughs> I'm really bad at this. So, Christoph, every episode, we Gian and I try to guess what our guests would be doing career-wise if they weren't working in their current job or current career. So most of the time, it's cybersecurity marketing. 
for you, it's both cybersecurity, professional, content creator, coach. That's what you're doing right now. But we try to read you and figure out if you weren't doing all of that today, what would you be doing? But we can't pick something you've done in the past, right? That's the, those are the rules. And so my guess would be that you would be some, doing something in public policy, possibly with government, maybe not. Maybe it's like an NGO. I don't know. Oh, God, I'm getting faces. So oh, you're getting the faces now. Nice. I love it. Okay, my turn. So, Christoph, at the end, you just pick who's most right, and then we're going to get to hear the actual answer. And you're going to make a worse face for me. Okay, Christoph, what do I know about you? I know that you're from Belgium. I know that you do amazing stuff in career. How can I know that you love interacting and helping people? You would be a doctor or in the medical field. Wow. Oh, you may make the same face. <laughs> Wow, we're getting really, both of us got really bad faces. Okay. How bad did we do? Well, I would be a bartender and scuba dive instructor in the Caribbean where I grew up. Ooh. So that, that, that would be my uh, ultimate retirement gig. For the one closest, I'd go with Maria. Being public policy is probably the closest thing to influence and driving the outcomes that I'm looking to deliver in society. Ooh, another one. I bet, I'm telling you, if Gianna loses another one of these, she will go to the Caribbean and retire forever. And <laughs> oh, my God. Are you, are you, like, is this, like, an old yeller situation, Maria? Like, what is this? You're going to retire me? <laughs> That's very aggressive. <laughs> I'm going to mute her mic now. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So I think that we need as a strategy, Maria, for you and I, I think we need to start doing, because, you know, the earliest episodes of the podcast, I think we were a little more like, oh, you would be like traveling the world as an influencer, or you'd be like driving a train from Ohio to Kentucky, because we think of you as very organized or something. I think we need to go a little more outside the box again. Yeah, I think so. I think you need to do more OSINT on your guest. Oh, crap. <laughs> That's it. Let's hack the game. Yeah, Christoph laying it down. Oh, I know. Well, thank you so much, Christoph, for being on our show. You have so many awesome things in your background that the audio listeners won't be able to see. Tell us, what are the various projects that you're working on that, and where can people find you at those projects? So for those in the local D.C. area, I support the InfraGuard of the North National Chapter Region. I'm the Cybersecurity Technology Co-Sector Chief. I have someone else that helps me with that. Then there's CPF Coaching. I also support a nonprofit called the Whole Cyber Human Initiative in which we help military veterans as well as others transition into cyber by helping them with resources and guidance in order to be successful. And then last but not least, there's my podcast, Breaking Into Cybersecurity. We're on YouTube as well as the major podcast platforms. Awesome. And we will link to all of those in the show notes. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Christoph, for being on. If you want to be on Breaking Through in Cybersecurity Marketing, or if you have any feedback for us, topics you'd like us to explore, ideas for episodes, or I don't know, just a nice, a nice word about how great we are and how good I am at playing the game and that I'll rise up again, please send a note to hey there 
Marie's shaking her head, looking disappointed. Please send a note to hey there at cybersecuritymarketingsociety.com. Look forward to hearing from you. Leave us a five-star review wherever you listen and catch you next Wednesday. 